Films in Good Company, the podcast that does to movies what Hugh Hefner does to twins. And I'm not talking the Arnie DeVito movie either. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, slightly later than planned. Welcome to June Claude Van Damme, a celebration of the muscles from Brussels. And what better way to start than with not one, but two JCVDs in double impact. Double impact, yes. In fact, I think the Dutch uh, DVD cover is twice the van down 100 times the action or something like that is the tagline <laughs> but before we start with the film we've got some sad news here in the bfgc studio the uh the the unofficial and original third member dash the dog has unfortunately passed away yes a few weeks ago now he wanted to be part of june claude van down but you know things conspired against it but uh yes it, his snoring may or may not be missed by uh, <laughs> many of the listeners, but um, here's a dash anyway, and we'll, uh, this will be his honorary podcast for him. I think, I think, I think he would be. Uh, I think he would be proud of Double Impacts. I think yes, he would yes, be. he would. <laughs> the, the, the first film where John Claude Van Damme plays twins. He's, he's done it a couple more times since, but uh, this is the first, and I'd probably say the 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 best. I think yeah, we're, I'd say we're giving it away early, but yeah, I would say this is. It's only because the other ones are, are, are really terrible. This could still be terrible, but it's still the best of the ones where he plays twins. I'm going to go out on the limb early on and say this is probably one of the best films with twins. Well, it's not actually twins in, but the best film about twins possibly made. <laughs> well, I mean, even, I, even better than Double Trouble. It is better than Double Trouble, isn't it, Reid? As a, it's, as, as a film, it's... it's it's much better made than the, double trouble is is what you would call competent filmmaking. This goes yeah. This is this this, this is is a step up. You take an Alexandra Dumas novel, The Corsica Brothers, and you cross it with Double Dragon, and you get Double Impact <laughs> from nineteen ninety one. Yeah, this was based loosely based on the novel The Corsican Brothers, written by Alexandra Dumas. Yeah, it is the Alexandra Dumas uh, yeah. book, not the Cheech and Chong film. No, no, yeah. It's, uh, which is, when I sort of read that, I was like, okay, then, but I actually looked at the plots of that novel because I haven't read that novel. I'd like to say, oh, no. yes, of course, I've read that novel, but I haven't. And... That it really has nothing to do. It's <laughs> just the fact that there's brothers. That, it's, that's about it's it. The, the, they're twins and yeah. they're separated. Whereas it was originally going to be set in Corsica in Italy as well, apparently, in the original draft of the scripts, which yeah. may not have suited Van Mind you, they didn't care then, did they? They didn't no, try really. and explain. It's probably expensive to shoot in Corsica, I would imagine. It's probably yeah. much cheaper to shoot in Hong Kong. Well, it was then, before uh, we gave it back, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, yeah. I kind of, it's funny because I actually wrote it down to one of my notes is I kind of miss those like 80s well even 70s 80s kind of martial arts films and they're always sort of going to Hong Kong and they're always take like one of the boats on the, across the harbour oh, and yeah. it's that and the scenery cause I, I don't think it's as it's like that as much anymore I think it's you know since it's gone back to China I've got a feeling it might have kind of industrialised a lot more And it, I think it still is a little bit like that because Hong Kong is still quite a touristy place and, yeah. and 
that's the kind of things that, that gets tourists mm. coming in. But I always just, you know, it just makes me think of... Enter the Dragon. Dragon. Yeah, you just think of, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we won't we won't, we won't get into it anyway. But, yeah, this, this film, I... It was probably like it's about the fifth Van or sixth Van Damme film, even though it's only like nineteen ninety one. He made a lot of films from sort of eighty seven to yeah. ninety one. He'd sort of done Kickboxer, Bloodsport, Death Warrant, A Walso. I think he did all those in that space in like six months. Yeah, it was, uh, and I have to say before we get into it, I I really enjoyed revisiting this. I mean, I've seen it a lot, and when I watched it, I realised how much I had seen this film. Like every sort of beat, you know, the action. The music cues, like the the sort of facial expressions that Van Damme pulls, I was like, I was waiting for every single one of them because I have watched this a lot. This is one that I owned on pirate DVD a long time ago. Watched it fuzzy, and yes, the twin special effects were a lot better in pirate DVD. We'll get we'll get onto we'll get those to that, yeah. a little bit. So, what was your sort of relationship with this film? Had you seen it much before, or I will. I will openly admit I haven't been the biggest fan of this era of Van Damme movies. They're the ones... The golden era. (laughs) Well, I I could probably look at them now as a golden era, but Mm. it it was the the period just before he became really famous. He's he's kind of pre-Hard Target, his new Van Damme. That's his kind of watershed, wasn't it? Hard Target was his first big... Sort of Hollywood film, wasn't it? Well, maybe, maybe Universal because Universal Soldier came yeah, out before, so uh, and I think that was a bigger hit than people people thought it was going to be, mm. and that launched him into the stratosphere. And from that, he obviously did Hard Target, Time Cop, Nowhere to Run, yeah, um, The Quest, <laughs> a vanity project, Sudden Death as well, Sudden Death, yeah. yeah. So yeah, the, this period of Van Damme. Uh, I think at this time I was really into Jackie Chan and and some of the early Donnie Yen films and this kind of martial arts felt kind of lame and a, a little bit little bit slow and not really what I was used to from from Hong Kong martial yeah. arts films and so in in my in my mind probably how I felt back then they took a back seat uh, I didn't look on them with the fondness that I did things like Armour of God, the police story series yeah. and, and, and things like that. It is it is funny because Van Damme has... I mean, obviously, recently he's had more resurgence. He's done a lot of Eastern European films, but after sort of JC, BJ... JC, BJ, yeah. It, it, you know, people are sort of going back. I think there's like a newer generation going back and looking at these films and, and maybe watching them with a nostalgic value now as well. I mean, I have to say, I, I was only in like sort of early teens when I watched a lot of these films so you pretty much like anything at that age it's not you don't like the concept of a bad film you just it's oh, to film it's got to watch it I just want to enjoy watching films you enjoy, you enjoy it you don't, yeah. you don't really look at it as, as, as you a, don't as critically analyse it like we, like we do in there with things but um, I, I think overall this is one of his better films I was actually quite watching it again there's a lot of plot holes and there's a lot of things that don't make sense. But, uh, yep, so the film kicks off in the 1960s and we have the murder of a, an architect of a bridge or a tunnel or whatever it is. Some, some kind of English uh, business. And his man. wife, they're brutally murdered. 
And their two young twin sons, or well, we don't know that they're twin sons, but we know the film. Well, they're, 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 they're both babies. Yeah, both you babies. Can yeah, yeah, twins. you can uh, they they're rescued, but they're split up. But the bodyguard takes one of them, played by the the amazing Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. What they call Jeffrey Wright? I don't know. I'm watching too much Westworld. Um, <laughs> and uh, the other one is taken by I think it's like the housemaid or the nanny or something. She's like uh, the from Hong Kong, isn't she? Yeah. So they're obviously split up. Oh, but he's he's put into a French orphanage. That's that's very very important. Oh, yes, yeah, that's very important. A French, <laughs> and then yeah, so he's put into a French orphanage. The uh, the one in Hong Kong. That's it. Yeah, he's left at a French, uh, and then years later, they find Jeffrey Jeffrey Lewis. Lewis. I love yeah. Jeffrey Lewis. He's, he's good. He's very pretty... very good. They take, they go back. They reunite the brothers to avenge the death of their parents and to reclaim control of the bridge, which we'll get into that as well later on. Yeah. Um, that, that's basically there's, there's some of the bits, but it's, it's basically a revenge film, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's essentially that. The, that's the heart of the story. It's a family drama wrapped in a revenge <laughs> film. Um, what what that's great about this film for me is it's like it's almost like a Jean Claude Van Damme rep company because. The writer and director, Sheldon Leach, has done... He wrote Bloodsports, he wrote AWOL, directed AWOL yeah. as well. Uh, you've got Bolo Young in it, who plays one of the sort of the, the, the henchmen, the main henchmen who was in yeah. Bloodsport. You've got Camille Kifra, who played... Who was the sort of the, the, bar, the bar manager who gets his, his throat cut open. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. He was in AWOL and Death Warrants... Uh, and he was also in Bloodsport. He's the one that um, gets his leg unfortunately broken by um, Chong, Chong Li. Is it Chong Li? What's it? I don't Bar remember. Like, and he gets his bone comes flicked through in that horrible one. Oh yeah, that, that's that's him. Yeah, one of the vague. In fact, if you look at his filmography, even later on after this, I think the only other thing is a great filmography. Every film he's been in is Van Damme films. After this, you know, like part of the Golden Era and some of these Eastern European ones, and his only other credit is as a like terrorist number two in Under Siege. <laughs> so that's a great filmography. And you also got the Philip Chan, who also played the police chief in uh, Bloodsport as well, who plays the bad guy. You know, the the main. Yeah. He was in Bloodsport as well. So there's he's, lots he's, of people. He's the he's the, the police chief in Hardboiled, which was made. Just yeah. one year after this film, yeah, he has done. I, I checked out his filmography. He has worked a lot. He has done so much stuff. <laughs> um, so it's you know they all sort of know each other, and the, 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 you find that a lot with all these Van Damme films. You, as you watch them as they go later on, he tends to work with the same people. I think that happens, especially with martial arts films. If you get used to the choreography and you know people, it, it probably just makes it so much easier, doesn't it? Um, but what what I found one of the first notes I put is. How can you have a main villain called Nigel? Because <laughs> the, the main bad guy is like he's British, isn't he? As well, because it's all sort of like the, the sort of Hong Kong and the British. Uh, yeah, and, and 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 all films made around that time. There, there is the whole the whole question of, but in nineteen ninety seven, it gets handed back to the Chinese. Yeah, uh, and that's that's like an, an important thing that runs through a lot of films set in Hong Kong during that time. Yeah, it never really seems to have any bearing on on. The, the actual plot, it's just... It's just an underlying point, isn't it, of, yeah. the, of the film. I, I have to say, I wanted to be really snarky and horrible about this film, 
because the opening sort of 15 minutes or so, the bit set in the past, is really, really terrible. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've seen Hong Kong in movies in the past, uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful, vibrant, sort of interesting-looking looking city. Because obviously you've got Chinese influences, then you've got mm. like the, the the Western British influences in there, uh, and I've never seen that city look as as dull as it yeah. does in that opening fifteen minutes. And it's odd because it's not like you can say, "Oh, well, it was just the whole." Because the, the rest of the film, there are some of the scenes in Hong Kong which are you know, oh, it's really well shot. Isn't yeah, it? but the great it's, think it's, of second unit, <laughs> second unit. Kind of... I I I've got no I've got no clue. I don't know whether they went back and shot this. After the fact, let let, let Jeffrey um, Lewis Jeff, grow Jeff his hair. <laughs> I, I, I like the fact that they, 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 they don't even try. They, they just put a, a wig on him, and and the bad guy Nigel looks exactly the same. Yeah. They don't bother with any makeup. It's just Jeffrey Lewis is going bald anyway. Let's just put it. Let's just put a really terrible wig on him, and that'll be fine. They don't pretend. It, but I don't really, I don't really care. It's noticeable. But when as the film progresses and moves on. It's kind of charming and fun that, that that's what they that's the way they yeah. chose to do it. <laughs> but it's the film gets amazing once we get to pre- well present day in the context of the film, doesn't it? Because straight yeah. away we're introduced to Jean Claude Van Damme in leggings. In in, I'm not even sure he's actually wearing leggings. I think they they've just they've just painted his buttocks, and that, yeah. that's about it because. We are probably going to be mentioning body parts throughout this film, some of which belong to, to mm. Van Damme. But my my God, he he's got very 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 tight buttocks in this film. Is and he just it's he, just great, like because the old it's basically almost it's just like it's self referential porn for Van Damme fans because he like he kicks him in like you know, because of my big legs and karate, I can do the splits so easy and like and just as the splits, <laughs> he's just like. Well, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough too. If if you got a gimmick, you know, yeah, bit big. I mean, I, I love how in John Claude Van Johnson in the pilot episode, um, how they kind of played that. The fact yeah. that he's old and he can't can't really do that anymore. Yeah, it was. It is good because I think at the time that was like one of the, you know, you go to see a Van Damme film. He's, he's going to do, do the splits. splits. You know, that's just that was part of it, and it's great. You know, you, and he gets. He's obviously he's running. They've got a lucrative business doing like a dance class with a karate class as well. It's yoga. Is it yoga? Was it yoga? yoga. So I mean, they're in LA, aren't they? So I suppose you know it's all very kind of like hip and stuff. There, it's so hip that for some reason now I I I did martial arts for a very long time. You know, from the age of five up to like to I was over twenty. I've never worn pastel pink gi to any <laughs> any sort of thing I've never seen anybody else wearing pink gis no I, I I don't even think I don't even think they did like a unless it comes from like a, like a Barbie range of of, of karate wear or something like that I, I don't know unless whoever was in charge of doing it left a red sock in the wash and they all just like <laughs> or a red belt a red belt yeah it was a red belt uh, Come on, the, the film's not that cheap that they wouldn't go out and get another gig. <laughs> no, no. It's, not like, it's, it's not... obviously just a fashion thing. I mean, mm. I know that you could get... I thought judo people have, like, blue ones and stuff like that, but these were, like, super, like, 80s kind of, like, pastel pink. It, the... a really, it, it, it's a pastel pink 
but it's a vibrant pastel. But as we as we get to it, there'll be a, there's a lot of pastel palettes in this film. Oh <laughs> yes, there, there is. Uh, there's lots of it. But I, I love the fact you got this cocky karate student there, like the real like terrible Cockney accent guy, and he just <laughs> full on assaults him in the class. I mean, like he's he's supposed to go there to like to sort it out and see what the problem is and be like a peacekeeper, and he just assaults one of his students and leaves. Now that that would be a serious lawsuit against that gym then, wouldn't it? <laughs> I just found that quite funny watching it back now. Like at the time, I thought that's cool, you know, that he gives the guy what he deserves. And then watching it back, I was thinking. Well, the guy just, you know, lost. He's a beginner. He lost his control against another student, and now, now the advanced <laughs> teacher comes and kicks him in the face. That's just not on in today's society. <laughs> just strike hard. Strike hard. Strike first. Yeah, he's it's, it's not Cobra Kai. It's, it's the thing. Oh, so they decide. You know, they decide to head off to Hong Kong. Then, don't they? It's yeah. Quite, it's. Because he tells him, yeah, you've got your own part of this. It should be yours. You know, you, you, you were cheated out of it. You, your father. I'm not your uncle. He suddenly decides to tell him casually, oh, yeah, yeah I've yeah. been lying to you all your life. I'm not your uncle. Uh, I wouldn't. You've got a twin brother. Yeah. And then when they arrive in Hong Kong, I'll let Ben sort of describe it because what Van Damme is wearing yeah, when he uh, first arrives in Hong Kong is he's, amazing. He's wearing some pastel pink shorts. And and a really electric blue polo shirt. With white socks and shoes, isn't it? With white socks and shoes. It it's just such a terrible, terrible look, but I actually imagine that's how Van Damme dressed in real life yeah, at that I time. I think he did. I I'm I'm sure I've seen some like clips of him like outside of things when he's like he's wearing he, and they like tucked in as well, like the, the shirts oh, yeah, tucked yeah. in and it, it's all quite snug fitting as well. Yeah, it's it's funny to watch because it's it's quite a good thing because it it's it's for the character, isn't it? Because he's this kind of naive kind of LA sort of like you say this yoga. He's lived all that kind of thing. He does all that in you know mm-hmm. he's in, into fashion and shopping and all that kind of stuff. So it's good kind of contrast, I suppose, to like the to his twin brother. But it, yeah, I, I when I watched, it, I thought that's just he just turned up to the set. That's what he was yeah. wearing. <laughs> and I just said, yeah, that that's perfect. That's perfect, kind of dweeb. Because let's face it, if you look like Van Damme, then and you were the shape you were in, you could just wear dweeby clothes. No one's going to accuse you of being a dweeb because you're still going to get the lucky design. Let's face it. And also, is it, I mean, you're, you're Van Damme, and, and everybody knows that you're actually a genuine tough guy. Because it was a proper karate. Yeah, job, wasn't yeah, it, it was. You know, so no one's going to come up and say, <laughs> no one's going to accuse you of um, accuse you of yeah, and we forget the most important thing of his of his outfit. It's the black silk underwear. <laughs> there is wearing right. underneath. Well, the, the, this leads us into the scene where he he meets the mistaken identity. Yeah. Now Van Damme is credited as a co-writer on this film, and and I think the bit that leads into that where. A, very blatantly, a woman just puts her hands. Big oh, shorts. <laughs> down, down his shorts. Uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that those are the kind of the bits that that, that he wrote, as, as well as the bit in the yoga studio at the start that was yeah. uh, that was like a, a centimeter of pink fabric away from porn. It was just yeah. that. Uh... <laughs> yes, I imagine that was his contribution. <laughs> he was up. Oh, and then we're introduced to Alex. Chad. Is it Alex? Chad is the nice guy. Chad, Alex, 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 yeah. I made sure I made a nice guy. Yeah, because service that, service. that will maybe be important. And, yeah, he's, he's, it's just Van Damme with slick back hair. <laughs> I think you're being cruel there. No, I am. Jo- I, no, I was being facetious because 
I actually think, I mean, is the acting in this? I do believe that there's two people that you know watching this film. I never sort of thinking that's just Van Damme playing two characters. You've been, it's it's it's. I mean. I, I'll be honest that the characters are painted with broad brushstrokes. Yeah. You've got one one that's kind of a nice and naive guy, and you've got the other one that's uh, that's kind of cynical and tough. And they are very very broad brushstrokes, but you do genuinely believe they're different people, and not just because one's wearing a leather jacket, so yeah. back hair, and the other one wears pastel colours. Yeah, and I mean, there's even a bit sort of later on in the film when nice guy Chad is mistaken for his not so nice brother Alex. And he's being threatened in the back in the back of a car by the the triad boss. Now Van Damme doesn't act like like uh, like Chad, like the the bad guy, oh, the like, like, like the, the not so nice guy. He actually acts like the nice guy. Like the, yeah, like the nice guy pretending to be, uh, and you know it's it's not Jeremy Irons in Dead Ringers. It's it's yeah. not any kind of <laughs> levels of subtlety. <laughs> But for the film itself, it works perfectly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the, the split-screen work isn't bad. I mean, there's, only a, there's only a couple of moments watching it in high definition where you can, you can sort of see like the, some of the lines where it, like, it's clearly a, you know, a yeah. split-screen. But a lot of it is like brilliant, sort of like back of the head. Which I miss that because they're so good now at doing this sort of stuff. I miss kind of stunt doubles and like back of head shots and stuff. Yeah. Trying to feel like, I'd rather watch things like that than uh, all this kind of CGI stuff now. Because now it'd be Andy Circus playing him <laughs> in a mocap role. <laughs> Andy Circus playing both John Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Andy Circus is John Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Double impact two Belgian Boogaloo. Belgian Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> that needs some uh, apparently the, the, oh, I, as I, of 2015 which is like well three years ago mm-hmm. Van Damme was still in talks he wanted yeah. to get a, sec- a sequel made but obviously he hasn't quite got the the pulling power that he had to sort of get no. something greenlit but I, I have a sequel idea but, but, but we'll, we'll get to that at the end yeah. because it's, it's worth it's worth Staying around for, but but it's it's great. Obviously, that you've got the two the two brothers reunited and they're in Hong Kong, and he tells them, "Yep, yeah, look, you know, you own part of this bridge tunnel, some whatever it is, you know, it's your birthright." And like, and Alex says, "Well, have you got some kind? Have you got any proof? Any sort of paperwork?" And he's like. Don't need any paperwork or proof. Oh, is there? God damn it! I was thinking it's never going to hold up in court. You can go. You can go and murder all the people that you like. You're never going to own part of that bridge, which is one of the big sort of plot sort of points of this film. That at the time when I watched it as a kid, it just kind of glossed over. I never really thought about it. But now watching, it, I was thinking, well, hang on a second. How are they going to sort of prove? Yeah, we were the long lost. We were the long lost twins. They murdered our parents, so we murdered everybody they know. <laughs> Can we have our birthright, please? Again, another nod to Jeffrey Lewis. Never knowingly underacts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he he's outrageous in this. Is I, just... I I love Jeffrey Lewis. I, I watched uh, watched another film he was in uh, just last night. It, it's it's a cult favourite of mine. Night of the Comet. It, uh, it, check it. I think it's on. It's on Netflix. Isn't it's it? on Netflix. But I, I bought the I bought the Blu-ray because I. Mm-hmm. I feel it, it, it's worthy of it. Uh, Jeffrey Lewis is in that brilliant as always. Never, never gives less than a thousand percent. You know, you're always going to get some acting out of Jeffrey Lewis. Uh, and it's, 
it's it's funny because then he's like, oh well, I don't know. If... There's like a really weird scene afterwards, which I, I never quite understood. Where, in order to sort of prove that they can sort of go and go after this gang and take them on, they're part of this sort of dropped selling BMWs or something to be. Then they, then the oh, car. I think got... I think I think that's. Uh... I think that's Alex's job. That's kind of what it does. And but they're sort of because he's, he's like he's, he's a bit, bit, a little bit, a bit of a del boy, a little bit of a, <laughs> bit of a wheeler dealer. And yeah, but then okay, they end, the pun. then they end up um, like you know knocking the oh he's like you know, pushing the things into the into the water and all that. It's like it's to escape to escape the cops, isn't it? Yeah, but it's it seems weird like where it's placed in the film. It just kind of comes after that, and then it sort of goes off, and they. And it's almost to sort of say, yeah, we can look after ourselves, you know, yeah, because we shot at the Coast Guard and pushed two BMWs into the water. <laughs> but it, uh, it goes on. I mean, we have to mention that this this film as well, you've got obviously the mighty Bolo Young. It was just like, he's always a great screen villain. Well, he's good as a good guy actually as well, but he's, I think he's better as a villain. He's, he's a screen presence and... and uh, I I will leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's uh he's not the uh, greatest actor, is he? But uh, he he's he has a a very definite physical presence. Mm. Uh, and if you if you've seen Enter the Dragon, you know that he's yeah he's very very imposing. And also, I can't remember her name now, but there's a lot. Who's the what's the name of the female the sort of the sort of lesbian? Security guard character with the sort of like the wearing like the yeah. leather leather shorts, like, like the, the suit. Yeah, she looks a bit like China out of the WWE. Yeah, <laughs> uh, only marginally more feminine. Yeah, <laughs> she's got some thighs on her. God, as I said we were going to talk. We were going to mention body parts. They they make a big thing about her thighs in this film, don't they? I mean, they are yeah. they are muscular. You can tell that. She probably got thighs as big as my waist. <laughs> probably not that big. I'm I'm being I'm being. But open. yeah, it's uh, definitely. Uh, I think it's definitely a thing of its time. That is, isn't it? I think yeah, a lot of things I, I, are going on in the. I, I I feel a bit conflicted about 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 her because I think she's meant to be some kind of, sort of predatory, domineering lesbian kind of character, and that's the way she's built. And I think it's a, it's not really very PC anymore no no it's... but but luckily for us she kind of plays it like a female version of Bennett from Commando with a bit less subtlety <laughs> <laughs> and so the, the rest of the film just considers them basically screwing around with this uh, Philip Chan's business don't they they're just you say screwing around I say carrying out a terrorist atrocity in a nightclub <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not joking. Literally, their plan is to take some explosives and blow up a nightclub while people are in it. I mean, I, there, there are things that you can do in old films that you couldn't do now. Yeah. Planting bombs in a public place. A, jov- a jovial terrorist attack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a quite quite a good scene. Uh, the, the whole scene plays out very nicely because it goes off in the club and it's not meant to it's just meant to go off in the back room mm. where all the bad guys are they get everybody in one go it kind of makes sense mm. a, a little misguided perhaps but yeah it, but essentially yeah yeah and there's a great little bit of it, that, that scene actually is quite good like with the 
their parent and they're like they're playing the they're using their physical resemblance to sort of trick the thing and that's quite cool and you got a nice little bit of comic relief with like Jeffrey Jeffrey Rice you know, saying you look like Sean Connery and like just the way it looks <laughs> and the thing like that it's a good but the yeah terrorist atrocities so they're just spending the entire film destroying his yeah. stuff aren't they Kill, yeah. trying to and like blowing up bits of his harbour and you know they're actually they kill a lot of people I mean a lot of these people it was like in sort of 80s and 90s films in like old films this kind of if you were on, if you were a bad guy, you were a bad guy, and so it doesn't matter. You know, these guys are just, you know, they're just working at the harbour. <laughs> you know, they, okay, the, their boss might not be respectable, but they've, they've got to put a roof over their wife and kids' heads, and they're just getting brutally murdered. <laughs> there, there, there's a real disregard for human life <laughs> yeah. in this film, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. They're just getting spin kicked by various incarnations of Van Damme. On the, 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 the ironic thing is that, like, 20 minutes into the film, we meet Chad, and he's a yoga instructor in California, and now He's just straight up murdering people. <laughs> yeah, just because somebody told him that, you know, he owns that tunnel. <laughs> he owns like 20% of that tunnel and, he, and he's, he's, come to, he's come to get his dues, yeah. Well, the, the, by the end of the film, they should own all because they've killed everybody else associated <laughs> with it. So somebody must be making some money. But I do like, though, the because they decide that they need... Because they've, like, say they've committed this terrorist attack, and everyone's after them. Like, I think the authorities, the um, the bad guys are all after them. So they go to this abandoned hotel, don't they? On like somewhere, which is like only you can only yeah. get to it by a boat. And I quite like that. I quite like the sort of the scenery and stuff like that. There, it's quite. It is quite quite funny because uh, I was saying that the opening fifteen to twenty minutes. Uh, just looks so drab and, uh, mm. and like lifeless and, and not great, and then you get this really wonderful set. Well, it's not a set; I think it really is just an old hotel, an, an old abandoned hotel in the middle of the jungle. But it, it looks fantastic mm. and it looks great. And it's kind of cool, like as you get there, they like Jeffrey. Uh, I keep going Jeffrey Lewis. I'm just going to call him Jeff. Jeff. Jeff will be fine. What's his name? What's his name in the film? I'll have a look in a minute. But anyway, he they turn up. And with and Alex, they've got their like duffel army duffel bags, and they're like, Chad turns up and he's got all these like Louis Vuitton cases <laughs> and all this sort of stuff because you know obviously he's still, you know, still he's, hey he's LA through and yeah through. he's what LA he through and through you can't and that's you know you get and I quite like that there and they're sort of it's there and then they've just got like bags and bags for the guns and they're basically sort of that they're just prepping. For yeah. another major terrorist attack. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's quite quite a, a good scene. That is where where they're kind of planning things out on on this like in this remote location because it really does show you the difference between the characters because uh, they've got different body language. It's at this point when you see them in close proximity to to each other for mm. for kind of for an extended time that you actually do see the differences and there's differences in body language and posture, the way they the way they mm. carry themselves. Van Damme apparently said he wanted to play twins because he wanted to change his image and uh, show that he wasn't just. Yeah, I, I mean, if if you look at his career of of recent times with uh, with JCVD being in the Expendables too, some of the more weird Universal Soldiers uh, sequels that have come out in the last couple of years, and obviously JCVJ shows that he has expanded his acting repertoire 
to us now it's, it's, the, <laughs> it's not really a surprise to see that, that he wanted to push himself but back then he was just he was just a, a no brain action star and, mm. and the fact that he and he actually t- took it seriously and you can see in the especially in this little scene in, in the middle you can see how seriously he took that yeah and I think that the at the um, at the time people didn't want because he was a good looking action star People were like, well, that's all we need in the film. You know, we don't want you to be an actor as well. That's all people wanted from Arnie, like the big muscles, you know, the gun shooting. That was it. And people put the, put up with the fact that he, you know, he wasn't the greatest actor yeah. in the world. Stallone was a little bit different because I think Stallone did have some chops in the really because well, he, he was he, a proper he was a proper filmmaker actor. and you know director actor. So he, but I, I would say if you look at any film Stallone acted in up until probably first blood part two they're acting roles they're not they're not action movie mm. roles they're 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 roles where he's not a bad actor stone isn't that yeah, i he's think he's very underrated he's really you know i think he's, he's fantastic really really it's surprisingly really, really good yeah and you know i think he kind of got the it was more a, a victim of the time that people thought oh you know let's just categorize him you know we want, him to, we want the big action stars. that was just the year of the big action stars but this his name's Frank, by the way, Jeffrey Lewis, so I can call him Frank. 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 Yep. So there's also in the film, you've got Danielle, which is um, Alex's partner. Alex's girlfriend. girlfriend. Yeah. And so you go, you know, obviously, you know, they're going to exploit a bit of a love triangle thing going on. And I, I really, I mean, I like this scene in the middle. There's a, you know, there's a, there's a sex scene. It's a 90s martial arts film has to be some sort of nudity and I I really appreciate this now for different reasons than I did when I obviously back then <laughs> for two very very big reasons why I liked it like but I was going to say that, that her acting throughout this film is terrible yeah, she's probably really, the worst really thing in the film terrible. acting wise isn't she I, and I was trying to work out why she why she why she was in the film and, and, and how she got the role and then and then all of a sudden there is there's a topless scene out of nowhere and you look at it and you go, I can see why she yeah. was cast in this role. But it's, what I really like about this, which I didn't get when I watched it as a kid, is that it's quite subtle that scene is because the whole thing, it's, there's not actually, in the film, it's not a sex scene, is it? Because all, what it is, it's, it's Chad, because she's down, they've just escaped, they're on the boat together, Alex, no, sorry, Chad and Danielle are on the boat together. Yeah. And Alex knows that they're together, so he's drinking and he's imagining that them together. It's his worst fear that they're having sex. And also, Alex, sorry, Chad is imagining because he knows she's down there getting. You know, he's seen her sort of wet and she looks, you know, sexy. So the whole sex scene is both of their sort of his fantasy and his nightmare. And yeah. the way it kind of intersects with that and the, him imagining it and like the thing, I really like the way it was put together, that scene. I'm going to have to wildly disagree. Oh, you didn't yeah. like it? <laughs> Boy, did this kill the pace of the film. <laughs> it, it, I mean, we've, we've spoken a lot about how <laughs> sex scenes that are, that are not integral to the, to the plot of the film grind everything to a halt. And, oh, God, this scene, it, it lasts... A, I think oh no, about, just... about three minutes, but it feels like it goes yeah. on for about an hour. It's just, 
Just watch I, it with a different frame of mind next next time you watch the film. Watch it. I, if you I, watch I, it. I, I understood completely what, what the scene is and, and there's just, I think, better ways of doing it. Part of me thinks that, that Van Damme just wanted a really extended scene of, of his naked buttocks on screen because sure they're on the show con- quite a lot. I'm sure it was in the contracts, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm sure there's like this kind of splits and naked bum. That's like at some point in the film he's contracted. I, I just felt it was like a really, really... Bad, poorly paced. Like, I know. Rock, I know what you mean. Video from with, the eighties. I know what you mean with where it is in the film because it probably would have served better earlier on in the film, wouldn't it? Because it get to that that point of the film, we were getting towards like the climax. Well, me, it was getting to that point where you know the the big. It was it was the end the, of the, the second showdown, act, yeah, really, wasn't yeah. it? So I can I can I, I can I, see I, what you mean, but I, I kind of quite just... liked it this time around. I was watching. I think it's because. You're so used to seeing it, and you knew it was. Coming. I was so used to seeing, it and I was so used to seeing it in a different way. Because when I watched it as a kid, it was just oh yeah, you know, boobies. That that you know, in that kind of crude sort of. But actually, this time I was watching, it, I was thinking, actually, it's, they they don't actually have sex. It's just uh, yeah. he's imagining. And I oh. didn't realise that when I when I was watching it for, as a kid, and now I did. And so I, I sort of it gave me a nice little buzz this time. I was like, oh, this is this is slightly different to how I viewed it as a, a teenager. I, I think the scene itself is is. As as a concept, is is perfectly fine, and it does feed into the two different characters. It's just, I think. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, we, we've said I, it I before. Sex in... scenes do just destroy every, every film. But the thing is that every film, pretty much of that genre, usually has at least one in there. They it, just seems... it has to have like a topless scene or a sex scene. Yeah. In it simply because. I think they almost contractually had to put something like that in in order to get some kind of video sales. So you have, we get to like the big sort of final showdown. Was it just me? But I got like a Lethal Weapon 2 vibe at the end of this film. <laughs> because you know like the bit with all the, all the, the crates and because because the end of that film they oh, go yeah. to a thing and that I was and you think one of them's dying and it, it, I can't it felt a bit like like you know the ending of Lethal Weapon two where like, like oh yeah because that's that's on a that's on a boat isn't that's it, it on yeah. a freighter thing isn't it as well yeah. yeah it was I just it just it's just weird I just when I was watching it I thought this film and that that was only like a couple, a couple of years, of years before, a couple yeah. of years before so but there was no diplomatic immunity. Not here, no. Yeah. So they just straight up. I mean, I'm trying to. They just go out, and they just straight up destroy everyone, don't they? At the end of this film, that's what they. Pretty much, I, I will say that I was pleasantly surprised by the action scenes in this film. You know, it's it might be because uh, I have watched all of the canon ninja films, so that's the ninja trilogy and the American Ninja series recently. So my my low budget action movie expectations were were really really quite low uh, and going into this I was conscious of the fact that in 1991 when this film had come out you know John Woo had already made uh, A Better Tomorrow and The Killer and Hard World mm. was just around the corner so like big explosive action movies in Hong Kong set in Hong Kong you know it turns out the action is quite well staged. One a benchmark that we often use in in this podcast is is films that were made after Die Hard, and I think this it's definitely a post Die Hard film because I, I think they try and sell the, the the twin characters as realistic people. They're not just cartoonish, yeah. like Arnie type 
muscle bound figures. They are they are people with characters, and they are people that you can kind of relate to. Uh, and um, the action scenes are nowhere aren't staged anywhere near as well as Die Hard. But few, few films are. You can't, you can't hold that against it, really. Yeah, yeah. But it was. I've I've just forgot. I really like the scene with the guy. There's the there's some quite creative lighting with a guy. It's in the dark, and he's doing that. The, the guy who does all the kicking. So yeah. that, was re- that was really interesting the way it's it was. really nicely done, yeah. yeah. And you've got the... What I like as well is because you've got the two Van Dams and you've got the female character as well, Danielle, and then you've sort of got... They've got their own sort of henchmen that they all, and with like Jeffrey... Jeff Frank. I'm going to call him Frank. <laughs> they've all sort of got their own sort of henchmen they have to defeat, haven't they? Which is... Uh, it's, it's quite... A bit, like you say, it's... It's like Double Dragon, the, yeah. the, the old arcade game, yeah? It, there's there's uh, elements of that where you have to fight through waves of bad guys to get to your boss. Yeah, and it's 1991, so there's always going to be a, like a scene of rape threat in there, So they, which is just... That was just par for the course as well, wasn't it, yeah, in, it, in those it, films? Although it was, I think it was a, a bit more tastefully done than than some other films. Yeah. Other films that are like really kind of... Sleazy it, and grimy about it, but here it's... it was. It was quite in a way. It was not not the other, but it was quite comedic because he's sort of. You can see he's you know he's thinking, oh great, I've got this woman up here. And then when like Van Damme comes back, you can see the guy's face thinking, oh shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it was uh, that it was kind of it did it did sort of pay off in that sort of way. Um, yeah, so it it was it was almost like one of those sort of films in different like a game different stage that they kill the different boss and they move up and move up to the different levels yeah. of boss it was quite good because I'm sure there's one in I have to admit it you know, it was a couple of weeks ago that I watched this before because of our schedule and things so I'm trying to remember isn't it like it's something with the crane at the end or he gets the one somebody gets flattened by one which is like yeah. I knew I mean even though I'd seen it like if, if you hadn't seen it before you're thinking Someone's going to get get a crate dropped onto them. Because that's just what happens. If you set an action oh, yeah, scene yeah. with all those crates and like fort lifts, someone's going to get crushed. That's just par for the course. I, I, th- I think I think I would expect my money back if that didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, the, the action sequence the, they were they were nicely put together. That the choreography, I mean, you know, it, it's not Jackie Chan, Jet Li, Donnie Yen level, but you know. No, no one's that level except them. Yeah. Uh, and I think that they were catered very nicely to to Van Damme's skill set. Yeah, and I think really at that time people probably didn't want that. You know, the it, but I don't think Western audiences could have dealt with the. the it was kind yeah. of like a watered down. You know, it's almost like like rock and roll. You know, there's like black music that you needed like a feeder like Elvis. You, need, you needed you needed Cliff Richard yeah, to make it, you make know, it and that, you know, you need you know, and I think that's where it was. It was kind of yeah, you know, or obviously all the filmmakers and Van Damme they were obviously really inspired by all that sort of oh, stuff. Oh yeah, oh god yeah. And, but they thought well, you know, we we you know we probably haven't got the ability or the finances to make it, but we'll make a you know it's sort of like a homage to that. We're still with some kind of semi Hollywood studio sentimentalities to it and they threw that together. And I think that's what happened a lot. And that now obviously Since the Matrix. Yeah, people will watch, you know, just you know, we we rather we'll just watch you know, think, Asian cinema rather than watch remakes of things of, of uh, martial arts especially yeah, because I think in some respects it's gone a bit too far the other way now because you've you've got films where people are doing kung fu type stuff. And it's like but they wouldn't have known that. So you've got like uh, I'm not talking Shanghai Shanghai Noon, 
but you get like cowboy movies where they have a fight and, and all of a sudden it's it's all like counters and blocking and everything like that. Yeah, everyone's a good and it fighter. Really, it, it just would, be a brawl and this. Yeah, it would just be just be two two burly men just wailing yeah. on each other and uh, the as much as I enjoyed the recent uh, King Arthur, the guy Richie's uh, King Arthur. They didn't have they didn't have um, Krav Maga in the no no and that's one one bit that didn't work for me in that film so you know I'm all for having like exciting action films but you know have have a bit of realism to it and that they actually there was nothing that made me go wow but I was pleasantly surprised by by the action it was good yeah and I think he'd like to say Van Damme you know he's not Jackie Chan he's not that sort of he's not that acrobatic he can't do that sort of thing but what he can do is amazing kind of spinning kicks so that's what they play to so, so he'll do like nine spinning kicks yeah. to Bolo Young's face yeah. do, do you know that that sequence where uh, kick, him, kick him into the yeah he, he like does spinning round spinning kicks into kicks Bolo Young into like an electrical junction box that's the only bit of this film I actually remember I'm not sure why I don't remember mm. anything else in this film maybe, maybe it was on a on some kind of compilation thing, or comp- or, yeah, yeah or, or it was like a, a clip that somebody used to to show something but it's weird that that's the only the only bit I remember or well, maybe they ripped it off from something else that you remember there's, there's a quite a few films where someone's like where people die by hitting like a fuse box well, why, the, why the, was the, that fuse box <laughs> what was it oh, <laughs> some exposed <laughs> that's like dangerous anyway wasn't it it's like the furnace in American Ninja 2 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, like, like that's a health and safety hazard that would have been shut down <laughs> it was it was the early 90s yeah, it, it, yeah I think you know people weren't it was, it was bad then yeah, I, I, I think it's safe to say we enjoyed this film. Yeah, we, we you know I really enjoyed revisiting it, and I will. This is the film that I'll I'll watch most of the time, and it's a it's a long film because for usually these sort of films are sort of ninety minutes, but this one it's getting on for sort of it's an hour and fifty minutes. This film is so it's quite. They, they they need to cut down that opening section. They could they could trim it off, but it, I, apart from the bit is it doesn't feel that it's an hour and fifty minutes. I don't notice it. it, it Overall, you know, the pacing is is fairly good. You yeah, know, it, it? it's after that opening sequence. The, the, the pace is yeah, it's nicely paced, Joe. It's not because I, I was quite shocked when watching it because I thought, you know, we, it was about sort of seventy minutes in. I thought in my head, I remember there's still a lot more to go. They're not going to cram this in another ten minutes, and I didn't realise it was. And I looked at the the thing on the television. I thought, oh yeah, there's still another sort of half an hour or so to go. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it's, it's, this. It's like the rock. It's yeah, just, it just, just it's the gift that keeps on just giving. Keep. But I, I would say, after re-watching this and seeing Van... I think this is... Apart from some of his later stuff, especially with his work in JCVD and JCBJ, where he's, he's really honed his chops, I think this is probably one of his best performances. In terms of given. acting, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think definitely. it's... Uh, he... I mean, Jeffrey Wright's... Yeah, he's good. He does his thing, but I would say probably that he's Van Damme is probably actually the best thing acting wise in the film. He pretty much there's no, I don't think. I mean, it's not like I mean, they, haven't, they haven't surrounded themselves with you know real top right. A lot of them are stuntmen and martial artists. You know, yeah, gotta give them that. But yeah, he, you know, can, the bad guy. I mean, they should have got Jonathan Price or somebody like that to play the bad guy. He, he did need someone of that calibre, but yeah. I don't think he would have made a film like this at that time. So 
Yeah, it's but I I rank this quite highly in sort of Van Damme's oeuvre. It's definitely up there with with his best work. Definitely, yeah. yeah. And I think um, I, I don't own this actually, but after watching it on Netflix, I'm thinking to myself. I'd quite like to own this. Is there something about it? Is there a nice special edition Blu-ray of there's, it? There's, there's the, I want. I want to buy it because you can buy the Dutch one, which I want, which is which is fat. I can't remember what it's called now. Like, but like it's it's like the Dutch translation of Double Impact is amazing. So <laughs> I, I really think I might get that as long as it's got an English audio one because I can't speak Dutch, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. Definitely. This is. I think we picked a good one. Yeah. A definitely. good one to do first. Yeah. Um, we we I don't know if we've we talked much about the sort of the concept of what we're gonna do with the with Jim Claude Van Damme. Did we mention it in the last one? I can't remember. Yeah, we've we've mentioned what we're gonna do, but with with as time's escaped us a little bit. Yeah, because we just didn't want to do. There's no point in us going over blood sport or kickboxing because they're just too well trodden, aren't they? And people know them, so we thought we'd go for some of the other ones. I know you know most of them have probably been covered by people, but I I, I you know I'd like to delve into some of these a bit more obscure ones yeah. and do them it was a hugely successful film I mean um, it cost 16 million dollars to make uh, according to Box Office Mojo it made 30 million dollars theatrically but if you go to Wikipedia it says 80.5 I think about mean, videos we, I think video yeah that, that might include video and foreign sales because I bet the, they probably wouldn't have had a massive theatrical run these sort of films but they just in the nineties and that they just videos where where they knew that amount oh, of money. Gotcha. I mean, whichever whichever one it is, it's it's, a, it's double your money. That, yeah. That's a success in anybody's book. Well, he obviously made. He was obviously bankable at the time because they kept making films. films. So they, you know, they wouldn't have done it if he wasn't making money. So, and for sixteen million, I mean that that's like a small indie budget now, isn't it? I mean, it even is, these yeah. small indie films probably have more than that to make <laughs> films, don't they? It's uh, it's not a lot of money, is it? So, no. No, we I mentioned earlier about that Van Damme's been trying to make a sequel to this film. Uh, and apparently it's, it's like him and Bolo Young have been talking about doing a sequel because they are apparently they're, yeah, they're good they're friends because they see each other on the, on the circuit and everything like that. I bet it's not as good as, as this idea for a sequel. So Chad and Alex have, have grown up. They've both got twin sons and they go... Belgium on holiday to, to the homeland and that there's some kind of like mad terrorist atrocity the twins are played by the, the two sets of twins the, the, the sons are also played by Jean-Claude Van Damme with, and they're de-aged <laughs> and they have to stop some kind of terrorist plot from blowing up Bruges or something like that so there's six Van Dams in the six film. Van Dams <laughs> <laughs> two trouble, two double, two trouble, <laughs> or as I said earlier, double trouble, two T double O, Belgian boogaloo, Belgian boogaloo. It sounds good. I mean, who wouldn't want to watch that film? You know, it, it's not so much double the van, double the Van Dam, double the Van Damage. I, I I don't quite know what the naming convention is for six, Quince. but not Queen. That's why it's six. I think it's six. Six It's not six tuplets because that's like six, but. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to watch that? Like, that would be fantastic. I'd, I'd be I mean, if, if, or, if, or, if Alec Guinness or, can do it in Kind Hearts and Coronets, play all those roles, I'm sure Van Damme could do it in there. I'm sure he's got the chops to do it now. He's, he's got uh, he's got nearly 30 I mean, they could years. actually get his son 
to come play the, all the parts, couldn't they? Oh, God, Van Damme's son <laughs> playing, playing four roles. <laughs> I don't think Van Damme would that because he wouldn't want to only play two and his son be able to play four. He'd want oh, to... God, I'm, I'm now getting kind of thoughts that it would be like Michael Keaton in Multiplicity or something like <laughs> that. Just each like varying degrees of just... No, Van Damme plays Chan Alex and Andy Serkis plays all the four <laughs> sons. That's a mocap. Yeah. And the mocap is all scanned from Van Damme and they're just like younger versions of Van well, Damme. Have you seen some of the stuff, the stuff they can do now with things like that? I mean, they're going to get... It's not going to be long before they're going to start doing things like that, aren't they? Just be able to... Oh, we're nearly there, I think. Mm. It's, I think there's just something in, in eyes for, for, for people. There's something that can't quite get right in terms of, in terms of cinema, mm. at least. But they can't quite get that right. But it's almost there. Almost there. So there'll be some point when we could just do that ourselves on our iPads. We could just create that film ourselves using mocap and just putting Van Damme onto us. I am sure there's some kind of voice changing app where you, or where something where you type in words and you just read it like Van Damme does. Oh, I won't do that. I won't do that so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like the idea of Van Damme playing six people. Or I mean, who else could you get as Van Damme's son apart from his son? If you wanted to get somebody. It would be good as playing four Van Dams. <laughs> That's a great picture thing to get an actor who could play four Van Dams. For some reason, I was just, my first thought was Matt LeBlanc, but I don't know why. <laughs> Left a film. I was thinking, um, you thought you. It turns out that. That Frank Jeffrey also had twins and they turn up as well, played by Paul Giamatti. <laughs> <laughs> it's just twins everywhere. You're thinking, you're thinking of if Joe, if Joey only like when he's in the twins. That's probably what you think of the twins. Yeah, that, that must be yeah. <laughs> twins. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a, it could be like, or it could be. Like a super, super kind of meta film where it's like Chad and Alex have got have both got twin sons each, and somehow they make someone's making a film of their life in the film, and they go to a convention which is like a casting call to play them. And it's it's all it's like basically like Oscar in oh convention centre. God, that would be brilliant. <laughs> we need to write this. I don't know. Oh. We need to... Van Damme would go for this, wouldn't he? Oh God, he would. I think I think he'd be happy with that. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, I can't imagine this ever going to happen, is it? No, no. <laughs> I, I'm. I think I'm, I'm sure that... that's, it's, it's got to be a Netflix. Netflix or Amazon Prime would pick that up, wouldn't they? I don't think it's more of a Hulu thing, sounds to me. But uh, <laughs> who knows with all these streaming services? We've th- rambled on, I think, haven't we? I think that's that's a, a good place to 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 leave to, you know, to draw a line under under double impact, which uh, a film I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Uh, I, I would I, I would recommend it if you want a uh, like a, a solid like late eighties, early nineties action film. Yeah, you, you can't do you can't do much worse than this. It, it takes out every you know in the sort of Van Damme. Checkbox ticks everything. You got splits, buttocks, spinning kicks, boobs. You know, it's it basically cup. It's 
basically for every, every Van Damme film from the late 80s to the mid 90s has that in it's some uh, and this does it better than most yeah so have you watched Double Impact and do you want to share any of your thoughts is there anything that we've missed anything that you'd like us to uh, anything you'd like us to address if so you can get in touch with us uh, Twitter at BFGC podcast email bfgccast at gmail.com or go to facebook.com slash groups slash BFGC podcast and remember you can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher FM, TuneIn Radio and wherever good podcasts can be found so please make sure you subscribe uh, and make sure you never miss an episode and if you're on iTunes give us a rating and a review uh, and we'll give you a shout out on the air so uh, until next time my name's Ben and I'm Foz and we'll catch you on the next Bad Films in Good Company